Hello, welcome. This is the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. How are you doing, Matt? I'm great. Been buzzing through preseason games left and right. I think I've watched about a dozen. Uh, today's my wife's birthday. Heading out to dinner as soon as we're done recording here. So things are active, to say the least on my end. Cool. Happy birthday to the missus. No relation. And uh, we will get cooking. Let's start with uh, the Patriots. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on with them. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had another good preseason game, and, and that's just got to be so uh, encouraging to a Super Bowl contender knowing that they're going to be without Brady for four uh, games. Did you get a chance to look at him this week? Yeah, and I like him. I mean, I, I think he's fine. I think he's been coached. I don't think he's got a tremendous arm or tremendous pocket presence or tremendous physicality, but he snaps it off quick and kind of has some Romo-like qualities. We've only ever seen him play preseason, though. You know, he's been in the league, and it seems like somebody we should have a real good handle on of what kind of player he is, and I still don't think we know. And the other thing we don't know is what kind of offense is Belichick going to run when the the bullets are live? You know, I mean, they're not going to show us that stuff in the preseason. He moves a lot better than Brady. Are we going to see a lot more design rollouts and bootlegs and maybe design quarterback runs? Are they going to come out in a, a real heavy set and just pound the football to take the, the load off of them. But no matter what, the, this new Deion Lewis news is a real problem. Mm-hmm. And, and Bomer, too. I mean, right. they're starting to pile up a little bit for the uh, Patriots. Yeah, and you know, back to Volmer real quick, you know, the, 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 it looked like they had two tackles in place, Volmer and Solder. You know, I mean, these guys have been around a long time. Um, they have a, a lot of change going from guard center guard but they also have a lot of bodies there so i felt like you know you don't want an injury to the tackles because the replacements are blah but where the interior guys there's a lot of talent there that could sort itself out so you would rather somebody from the inside of the of the offensive line uh went down as opposed to one of the tackles and it's something they do every year like they had more offensive line combinations than anyone i think in like the last five or ten years last year and some of it was planned. You know, they, the first month of the year, they almost use it like a preseason, and they shuffle guys in, and Skarnecki is a really good offensive line coach. Where, you know, so, so they, maybe they'll find their guys, but it, this is concerning. And same with the Deion Lewis situation, because they have an awful lot of backs on the roster in, in New England, but nobody like Lewis. Could we see, and are you worried about this team being a, a top-level AFC contender? Not really. Uh, I think the defense will be very good, even without Chandler Jones. I think the line will certainly be better than it was than we saw at the end of last year. The tight end combination is exceptional, and I just trust Belichick. I mean, they're always good on special teams. That's just another Belichick trait. And Brady's a stud. I mean, I don't put any credence into he's going to come back playing mad. Well, he always does. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's right. not new. I think they go two and two while Garoppolo's in there, and then look out. Yeah, let's go to the team that beat the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl, of course, the Denver Broncos. I know you're very unenthused about this quarterback battle. We talked a lot about it, but it it is happening, and it is huge news that the Super Bowl defending Super Bowl champions do not have a quarterback. With you know less than three weeks to go to the season. Um, the news that Simeon's going to start week three, I think that's kind of big. But now today we learned that he has a shoulder issue and he's being held out of practice. 
and then Paxton Lynch is getting a lot of work today. Maybe that opens a door for him if Simeon can't play and then Lynch starts. I mean, did you see anything in week two that changed your mind on any of these guys? Yeah, I mean, and you have better AFC West ties than I do. I'm wondering what the scoop is on, you know, who's the favorite. I don't think he can play Sanchez. I mean, I think Sanchez yeah. just makes too many mistakes when it matters most, and he's just proven it over and over. Um, Simeon, to me, makes the most sense for now. Um, and honestly, you kind of alluded to this. I, I think they're going to have the worst quarterback situation in the league um, at least week one. But I also think Bronco fans should be excited for the future because I do think the guy is in the building that's going to be the successor. I think Lynch is going to be a very good player, but I just don't think he's ready. And I think they'll end up pushing. You know, The fans are going to push for him earlier than they should. I would think Kubiak and Elway wouldn't crack. I think their offensive line's better. I think their running game has a chance to be very good. We know the defense is great. So Simeon, you know, the, the, the knocks on him for me are sometimes he just doesn't pull the trigger. You know I mean? He's yeah. Alex Smith, white light, and I don't mean that in a good way. You know, but at least right. he's probably not going to kill you, where Sanchez is going to kill you. Do you think the, the rookie, you talk about the running game, do you think the rookie uh, Booker has a chance to be good right away? Which, which rookie? Lynch, did you say? Booker, Devontae Booker for the yeah, Broncos. Yeah, I do like Booker. I think he's an exceptional scheme fit for them. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Arian Foster, who, who Kubiak you know, got so much out of in Houston. Um, I certainly think C.J. Anderson is the guy there, and I think he's in line for a very big season. Um, I've been told that Booker still favors the knee a little bit, You know that he's just not trusting it at 100%, which I can understand. And, and they also like... Um, uh, Biggs, the, the young kid, the, the, the little guy. And I can see Hillman being unemployed. Yeah, it, it, Hillman's just not very good. It, 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 not isn't that the, the bottom line? I know he had a little bit of a name. He's drafted high. But he's had his moments, but there's not much there, is there? No, I agree with you. And I, I, I think you're in the same boat here, but it's sort of surprised me that they made it a priority to bring him back. I mean, I, I really think he's just a guy. Yeah. Yeah. A little news today out of uh, Indy. The uh, Colts signed uh, last night Antonio Cromartie. Uh, Vontae Davis is banged up and it looks like it's going to continue into the season. Cromartie have anything left? That's a good question. I, it shocked me. I kind of forgot about him. You know, when I read the news, I was like, oh, I forgot he was not with the team. You know, I mean, right. I, I thought, you know, a quality, long, former high pick, talented man to man corner. It's something everybody can use. You know, has he gotten offers and just not wanted to go there? Or uh, is there injuries that I don't know about? But it shocked me that he's still out there. So I'm wondering if there's more to that situation than I know. Um, I think the Colts might have the worst defense in the league. <laughs> wow. Davis is going to be out a while now. I think he's their best player. If you remember, you know, like for, for today's pigskin, one of the huge assignments I did was I went through every team and I pulled out the number one positive on each side of the ball. And nothing, the hardest one that I had to do was the Colts, the Colts defense. Is that right? Wow. Uh, yeah, it's like, what positive am I going to pick out of this group? They're old, they can't rush the passer, they have no star power. So what I picked was Davis, and he's even coming off a little bit of a down year, but at least he's a proven commodity, man-to-man corner that can match up against number one receivers, and now their best asset's gone. I mean, I feel like Luck's going to have to put up 35 a game. You know, as are the Colts wasting luck? Are they screwing this up with the roster around him? 
I think Gregson's done a very poor job of roster assembling of the money he spent because if you remember, I mean, remember the team that he took over and they cut Peyton Manning and saved like what, 18 million a year or whatever. They cut all those other guys. So not only did he have the first, did he have the benefit of having the first pick in the draft when LeBron James is coming out? You know what I mean? My sister could have made the pick on luck, Mm -hmm. but he also had tons of cap space, you know? So, Yes, the luck draft was a good one, you know, and the luck pick excluded. I mean, he got Allen and Hilton and some foundation pieces. But since then, he's drafted very poorly, and I don't give him a real hard time for – because they did this with Manning, you know, is let's surround our stud quarterback with first-round picks. I mean, that made sense to me. But what he did on defense was he threw a lot of money at Trent Cole and – you know, old guys, and they quickly became old and ineffective, and there's no youth at all on that side of the field. Uh, so, you know, the Trent Richardson trade aside, you know, I mean, that, that doesn't look good, obviously, but I didn't bash him at the time for it. Uh, he did trade for Davis, and that was a nice trade, but overall, he was drafted very poorly. I mean, guys like Bjorn Warner and, you know, a lot of misses. Yeah, I mean, yeah, last year was a wasted year, the luck injury. Now, you know, I mean, he's, this guy's very much in his prime, and, and they just got to take a – they're going to get better around him, I think, or they're, they're going to waste some real quality years for, uh, I think, a special quarterback. Well, and the key is, too, is, Bill, is because they wasted all the years that you get luck cheap. Like, you remember yeah, how Seattle – when Russell Wilson was so cheap, well, we'll pick mm-hmm. up Michael Bennett. We'll throw, throw Averill in there, too. You know, you just pick up studs left and right. And now that, now that luck isn't cheap anymore, you can't even go sign the Trent Coles. Yep. Interesting point. Let's stay in the same division. Javidian Clowney is getting a lot of, you know, he's played well in the preseason. Do you think he's ready to explode and become, you know, the player that he was drafted to be number one overall? Yeah, I actually just wrote an article for a different outlet saying, wow, that this is my absolute number one breakout candidate for this year. And by that, I mean a good player. You know, he's been effective. You know, obviously injuries have slowed him down. But he was really good against the run. And doesn't, I know he wasn't drafted first overall to stop the run. But I think he can be a perennial 18, 20-sack-a-year type guy and really take what was – I mean, for the last half of last year, the Texans' defense was as good as the Broncos. It was as good as any defense in the league, and that was Watt playing injured, Clowney, you know, showing up but not being a dominant player. He looks like a dominant player right now. I love them coming out of school. Um, if And, of course, there's a big asterisk there. You know, J.J. Watt has to come back. I mean, J.J. Watt's hurt right now, and there's no news on the subject. But if he comes back and is Watt, Holy cow. I mean, Merciless is a really good player, too. I mean, Romeo Cornell knows how to just coach up a defense. They have three really good corners. They have first-round picks all over that defense. I think it could be the best defense in the league, and maybe by a wide margin, and that's giving Broncos all the respect in the world. You know, I know you're not – in previous shows you said you're not big on the AFC South. I, I think there's some potential there that it can be pretty competitive because, I mean, I, I think we all like Jacksonville – Tennessee's looks better in the preseason. I don't know what that means to the regular season. Houston has a, a really good defense. Um, you know, if they have a system quarterback in Osweiler, that works for them. That might mean a, a couple more wins. You know, if 
if Luck can carry the Colts. I mean, is this at least an interesting division to you? Oh, very. I mean, I think there's really exciting young quarterbacks. You know, I think Mariota's going to be a total star. I'm a Bortles fan. I mean, everybody loves Luck. I mean, I'm not an Osweiler believer, but all the offensive firepower and speed that the Texans have added is certainly interesting. We just talked about their defense. You know, the Colts are going to be interesting because they're going to be in shootouts every week. We already talked about them. The Jaguars have so many – they have so much talent. I mean, they have more talent than any team in the, in the division. It's just how is that all going to gel? And, you know, they're, they bring in people from every walk of life, you know, draft picks and, um, you know, rookies and veterans alike. And I think Tennessee's doing good things. You know, I think they really have a plan in place on offense. We're going to run the ball a lot. We've rebuilt the offensive line. We're going to make Mariota's life a lot easier, and he's going to take it and run with it. I mean, sort of like Russell Wilson early in his career. So I do think it's a very interesting division. I just don't know that – I mean, I, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that any of those teams are going to the Super Bowl, though. Right. But Jacksonville, Fowler uh, looks pretty good, hasn't he? He's The reports have been great on him. I think in games he's looked fine. Um, but the reports and people that are close are saying he looks fantastic. So yeah. that's very incredible. Rooting for that guy. What, yeah. That was just terrible <laughs> last year. So, Anyways, let's go uh, talk about a couple of rookies. Uh, it's the summer of Dak, isn't it? He, he, he goes out and does it again for the Cowboys. And, and has, I mean, this guy's been the MVP of the preseason. It's been unbelievable. Yeah, and what's funny, Bill, is if you would have said – Everybody's talking about Dak Prescott after his first two preseason games. They think he's going to be a star. I'd be like, what, has he rushed for 125 yards of those two games and made people miss and made some really unbelievable throws? But what's crazy is, you know, this is a guy that lived out of the shotgun. He's operating under center, you know, it, running timing routes and playing from the pocket really well, extreme accuracy. He did make a bad decision that he got away with. I mean, he threw an interception that he really shouldn't have, but it ended up being a roughing the passer uh, call on him. So that came back. It didn't show up in the box score, but it was a mistake. You know, but if he sees Des Bryant one-on-one, he puts it up. You know, a lot of rookies don't do that. You know, that he has confidence. He has toughness. He obviously has a command of the offense, and they've simplified things. And, you know, that having that offensive line there sure helps. He hasn't been under duress a lot, but – Boy, he is passing the test with flying colors. And, you know, Kellen Moore, I think we talked about this in the first show, mm-hmm. Kellen Moore goes down and all of a sudden the sky's falling. Kellen Moore goes down. Who cares? I mean, he's he's a liability anyways. And, right. you know, so I think Cowboys fans are now thinking, not only do we have the problem solved of we have a backup this year, but we might have the problem solved of we have a successor for Romo too. And if that's true, that is a home run for this organization. Yeah, I think that really the narrative of the Dallas Cowboys is, is, has changed from the time they went to camp in Oxnard, California. The, you know, the storyline when they get to camp is, okay, This the window is closing on a really good offense here, and they got to win now, or, you know, who knows what's Romo's future. He's 36, he's been banged up, Whitten's 34, the head coach is an offensive guy. If he doesn't win now, he might be gone. They wasted last year because of injuries. But now he's saying, well, hold on, after the first two weeks, they may be okay. They may have a future plan in place. And you look, okay, Prescott is there for the future. Elliott is there now and the future. They're, they're the same age. They're rookies together. 
Des Bryant's only 27. I mean, they might have the nucleus for now and later. And what I like about Prescott is not just the gaudy numbers. He's had, you know, five incompletions and 27 passes in the preseason. But the way he looks, as, as you talked about, he, he's, he looks the part of a traditional NFL quarterback. So a real, uh, you know, biggest development of this training camp in the NFL, I think, is what's happening in Dallas. I agree, and I think that's really well said. And we haven't even seen Elliott yet. You know, I mean, that guy's pretty good. Right. <laughs> and they love him. It'll be pretty exciting to see this offense when he's, you know, a, a foundation piece of it. Although I'm going to keep going back to Dallas and saying, I don't think they're going to be good on defense at all. Yeah. Well, they may be like the Colts then, another shootout team. Right. And, you know, they'll try to control the clock, and that's their plan with, you know, why they drafted Elliott. And I see that. You know, I mean, I, I certainly see that. But it's a tough formula. And Marinelli's a really good coach, but uh, there's just not much talent there. Right, right. Let's stay on with a rookie, and this is the other side of it. And it seems to be just getting really ugly there. Tampa Bay for the kicker, Roberto Agreo. I mean, poor kid, man. I mean, stories today that he's shaking practice field goals and he's shaking them badly. I mean, obviously it's in his head. He's missed a few field goals in this extra point. So much pressure on him as a second-round pick. Just potentially ugly situation for this kid, huh? Yeah, it is. And it's kind of like a golfer or you know, a goalie that loses their confidence, I mean, it's trouble. Or a corner, you know, that, that corner that's hanging his head that just got beat, that, man, they're going to keep going at you. And, you know, not only was he a second-round pick, but they traded up to get him. Um, you know, and, and I don't condone the pick at all, but if you go back and watch their kickers last year, it was a really poor situation. And if they would have got above-average kicking, they'd probably win three more games. You know, uh, there was a lot of close games that they lost because of a missed field goal. And they thought, okay, well, if I can win three more games, that's worth a second-round pick. I mean, I, I see the logic. I, I still wouldn't have done it. But, man, I mean, this is like a nightmare, and, and I don't have an answer for it. Yeah, and I just feel so bad for the kid because, you know, so much pressure on him, but it wasn't his decision to pick a kicker in the second round. It was the team's. And now he's he's the one who's got to get out of it. And this is like a real – a real mental situation, and it's a you know it's a serious issue for him to, to try to figure this out. And I just I just feel terrible for the kid. It's like it's already eating at him, and 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 for today, I mean, every time he kicks the ball with something he did three months ago with no problem, he was an awesome kicker. He's being watched and scrutinized. It's it's uh, and he hasn't been playing an NFL game yet. It's uh, the Buccaneers have an issue on their hands. Yeah, and, you know, just a little note on kickers, too. Like, when I was at the Browns, we would never, you know, our special teams coach said, don't give me a kicker from Florida. You know, I mean, I want a kicker that's from the Big Ten that's played in weather before. So that was my question with, you know, this Florida State kicker. I know he was great in college and all these things, but, and Tampa Bay doesn't play a lot of nasty weather games, but, he, 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 you know, that, that's obviously not an issue right now. It's not like he's doing something he's never done before. And, and unlike other positions, you know, if, if Paxton Lynch is struggling, well, we'll just put him on the bench and we get two other quarterbacks and, you know, his time will come. Well, they're only going to keep one kicker. There's only 32 of them in the world. He's going to be the guy. And if he's a mess, that's a real problem. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is going to this is going to be something to watch. Um, you know, it's a Tuesday in August and it's a major story. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, they, they have some issues there. Um, Josh Gordon, there's... 
ESPN reported today that some teams are calling the Browns about him now that his suspension is over. Didn't say the Browns are engaging talks, um, but they are getting calls. And I saw you, you tweeted that you thought a trade would be smart for the Browns, and you said maybe the Patriots might be a good fit. And it, You know, you want to explain that? I mean, him and Brady would be a pretty good setup, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, they just have a history of going out and getting formerly successful or uh, troubled guys and taking them to New England and, you know, paying less for them. Obviously, Randy Moss is like the most glaring example, but they've done it a lot. Um, Part of me, since I've tweeted that, has taken it back a little bit just because he doesn't fit the offense as well as back in the day, like when they had Moss. You know, Brady's not a deep passer anymore. But they've, they've been looking forever for a wide receiver, and clearly he would be an upgrade on the, the, the outside guys they have, you know, not the Edelmans and the Amendola types. But you know, my thoughts with the Browns, and I think we've had this conversation, is they're all about draft picks. You know, they know they're not winning now, and they have tons and tons of draft capital that just arrived, they have 14 draft picks, and that they have going forward. You know, they have a lot of picks at their disposal, including supplemental picks. So... You know, they drafted four receivers, and you could even make the argument that it's five. They took a receiving tight end that's as much receiver as tight end. Terrell Pryor looks good. First-round pick Coleman is – there's no reason to think that he's not going to be a hit. So if you could get a reasonable pick for Gordon, who, you know, let's face it, I mean, he's, you know, one more mm-hmm. drug test away from never playing again, basically. Right. But the reports are that he looks good. I mean, the one thing I keep saying about Gordon, at least, you know, up until now was – the last time he was on the field, he didn't play well. You know, I mean, it was that short stretch. He looked overweight. I don't know if he looked overweight, but he looked sluggish. He certainly didn't move like he did before. He was highly unimpressive. So which guy is he? It's really been three years since he's been a good player. Right. I mean, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, is there a six-round pick perfect if you can get a for him on the top of your head? What's that? Is there a perfect fit for Josh Gordon? On the top of your head, that you know maybe it's not New England, but it you know it is another contending fit, team. He would fit Carolina's offense really well, but I don't think they see a need. Maybe Tampa. Come to think of it, you know, I mean they don't yeah. have a third receiver. Vincent Jackson's not going to be there long. They're definitely a deep passing team, slow developing type offense. Um, that would make some sense. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know, I, I do a lot of Raider talk. Um, the Raiders did have a very good game at Green Bay. Their starters on both sides played the f- first half. That wasn't expected. And they played against a lot of backups against Green Bay, offensively and defensively, including a third-string quarterback. And they, they didn't do very well. You know, Derek Carr threw for 38 yards. They got four first downs in the first half. Defense got gashed, especially when the starters are playing, especially against the run. Did you see that Raider game? Is there any concern? I seem to. I don't think there is because I'm just not a big preseason guy. As far as this is going to result in in the same issues in three weeks, I just don't see that. But did you watch the game? And did you have any concerns? I did, and I don't. You know, I, yeah. I think that there's a lot of talent there. Kind of like we talked about with Jacksonville, there's a lot of new pieces. You know, maybe the beginning of the season slash preseason won't be as good as the middle and end when these guys are used to playing with each other. Overall, no. I mean, I wouldn't overreact to that. You know, the team that I cover the most, the Steelers, is the same way where, 
I'm doing these post-game shows, and everyone thinks the sky's falling. But you know, Tomlin is two and fourteen in the last sixteen games in the preseason, and they've been pretty successful wow. in the regular year. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean that much. I don't think it means anything at all. I really don't. Right. And it's, just, it's so it's so hard. I mean, you're looking for maybe some trends and and some certain things at certain positions, but outcome. I mean, not at all. I, I you wow. know. I'm not an emotional football fan, but I am an emotional baseball fan, and I don't pay attention to the spring training games at all. I don't care. I, I, I just don't watch them. I don't look at the box score. It just It's practice. And, you know, I, I, I have so many fans, and maybe that's just the allure of the NFL, so many fans are up in arms every preseason. Raider fans wanted to fire Bill Musgrave Thursday night. It was, you know what, <laughs> August 18th? You know, and it's always going to be that way. But maybe that's just the beauty of football fans. They're so emotional. Yeah, I think you're right. And there's only 16 games, so they get, you know, so excited for each and every one of them. Haven't seen football in a while, and all expectations have been so high for the Raiders. They're expecting great things after being such a down franchise for so long. I mean, I guess it's a good thing. I mean, that's why we have a job. But, right, yeah, certainly, I, certainly. I was kind of explaining uh, to my 10-year-old yeah. that, you know, now is the time to evaluate individual players, you know, where the regular season lets evaluate the team's performance. Right. Interesting, yeah. Especially, you know, younger guys and guys that may have a chance to contribute. I think that's what August is all about. Yeah, I mean, for example, I don't want to always keep going back to Steelers, but they didn't play Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams, Marcus Wheaton, or Antonio Bryant, and Pouncey only played a series. And right. everyone's like, well, the offense is really bad. I'm like, well, those guys are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and if this is the offense in October, it'll be bad again, but it won't be, so don't worry about right, it. Right, right. I mean, it's not like Ben's sitting the season out. Right, right. Um, I saw you text tweet on the Packers' pass defense. He said it might have, uh, it may have been a story, actually. Um you said it may have a chance to be one of the best in the league. I mean, we haven't heard that in a while. No, you're right. And I did write an article about that. I really like this young secondary. I think a player that few realize I think is bursting on the scene and going to be a true star is Ha-Ha Clinton Dix. I think he'll be one of the best yeah. safeties in the league. And the rest of the group is really good, too. I mean, Randall's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, another former first-round pick. Young, you know, really young, all homegrown talent. You move Clay Matthews now to the outside where I think he, you know, where I know he belongs. He is not an inside linebacker to me. And match him with Perry and Peppers, and you can keep Peppers fresh. I think their pass rush will be very good. So, yeah, I think their pass defense has a chance to be extremely good. And, you know, that's a great feather in your cap when you have Aaron Rodgers and you know the other team's going to have to throw to keep up with you. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, I think the Packers are an elite team. I mean, but we haven't talked about them much. What can we expect from them? I mean, they're kind of they're in a, the tough conference, and, and they're good, but I don't know if they're as good as the other teams, you know, Seattle and Arizona and Carolina. Can they? I mean, is, can they compete with those three? I think so. Uh, I would actually put them slightly above Carolina and slightly okay. below the two NFC West teams you mentioned. And then I think Minnesota's the fifth team in the conference, but, you know, clearly number five. Um, I think they're really good. You know, I'm just such an Aaron Rodgers believer. And I think that offense, basically everything that could have went wrong last year went wrong. It wasn't just the Jordy Nelson injury, but that was the, the big domino that started and then everything from there and Lacey being overweight and 
you know, Cobb played injured almost the entire year, and then the offensive line dealt with injuries. I just think they're too good of a, a quarterback slash talented offense for that to happen again, unless there's a rash of injuries or whatever. And I mentioned the pass defense. So, yeah, I think they're one of the top six teams in the league. In, in the entire NFL? Yeah. Okay. They're going to be fine at receiver. I know there's some a Janice injury and some just don't know about some guys, but you, you think they have enough there? I do, uh, and that's assuming Cobb – well, Cobb is injured, or is healthy now, but assuming Nelson comes back and at least is 90 95% of the player he was, and, and we don't know if that's true or not. I mean, he's a great one. Um, I think Devontae Adams is better than what he showed. I, I think he's more of the player from two years ago, and I think people were a little harder on him than they should be. Um, I don't think receiver will be a weakness. Yeah, interesting. We're running right through this week's episode of the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Just a couple more topics. Um, I saw you tweet last week that Geno Smith might be a good fit for the Seahawks. Obviously, they need a, a veteran backup. You know, we assume they do. Boinking, you know, big risk there. Although, you know, Russell Wilson, when I was out there a couple weeks ago, they were like, yeah, we feel okay about it because Russell Wilson, even though he's a small frame, has been so durable and he's played every NFL game that, you know, he's played 64 or 64 in the regular season and whatever the playoff games are. So they feel okay about that. But, I mean, do you think Geno Smith could be an interesting, you know, conditional trade prospect for the Seahawks? Uh, it's more about the Jets. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Fitzpatrick's going to be the, the starter. And Hackenberg, they use a second-round pick on him, and he can't even see the field. I mean, he's, like, not getting reps in practice that you're reading now, too. And Petty came in and played well. I think he's got the team made. He was, what, a fourth-round pick last year. You know, they obviously liked something in him just, you know, slightly over a year ago. So now they got four. <laughs> and it seems like Gino almost has to be the, the odd man out. He's kind of fallen out of favor. and But I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap, too, that how much you know football have we really seen from him? I mean, are we sure that he's a bust? I'm not yet. So I kind of look at him as if he could go sit behind a Russell Wilson or even Roethlisberger or you know, somewhere that there's not a very good number two and he isn't asked to do much, get out of, get out of New York and – Get him on the cheap. I mean, basically the Jets, I would think, would be close to giving him away. Um, so I think he could be worth the risk to eventually develop into a high-end number two. Well, you know, that, that makes me think here, and it would never happen, but it's just hypothetical and we're just talking here. Would he be a better option than what Denver has for right now? Maybe, but if I was in that market, if I was Elway, I would be more on the Josh McCown train than somebody like Geno Smith. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you just never know when it's time to give up on quarterbacks. Like, when will you say you're not sure if he's a bust? When will we know he's a bust? Yeah, and obviously we don't have the massive advantage that the coaching staff does. It's with him every day and see how the team responds to him and what's he like in the meeting room. You know, we only get – you know, how many snaps a week in the preseason, and then you know if he doesn't play in the regular season, you get none. You know that's like you know, the right. first question when you're talking about Garoppolo. I, I I really don't want to stake a claim on him that yes or no that he's going to be good or bad because 
we've seen, you know, in, in his life, we've seen, what, 100 preseason snaps? I mean, it's just such a small sample size. And we do know something right. about him, but it's not, it's not enough. Last topic I want to talk about, the San Francisco 49ers seem to have a little something going on offense. It's with the offensive line, which was their bread and butter, their real identity of the Harbaugh days, which seemed so long ago but really weren't. Um, and then they seem to be running the ball. Um, have you watched them? I mean, do you see any progress like from Chip Kelly's offense? seems like the numbers are there. I think they're a fun team to watch, at least in the preseason. You know, that they put up like 300 yards of offense in week one. And they, they run fast, like you would think. They seem to be adapting to his scheme pretty well. I think Carlos Hyde's a very good running back. And Mike Davis has looked good, except for he had two fumbles this week, which, you know, such is life. But he's running the ball really well. i, I got to think Gabbert's the guy there. And then they go and pick up Christian Ponder. So not only they have Kaepernick. Gabbert and Ponder, they were like three of the top quarterbacks all from the same draft class, and none of them have really worked out, and they're now all in San Francisco. But I think Gabbert can at least get the ball to where it needs to be and you know, keep the offense humming to some degree. I, you know, I like Torrey Smith. I like Ellington. Vance McDonald's been a guy that's kind of been a preseason gem so far. He's getting a lot of you know, action his way. So, you know, I, I looked at the Browns and the Niners – and before the we started actually see you know live action and thought boy these two teams are miserable. Uh, I don't feel that way about the Niners anymore. I mean I don't think they're going to win you know seven games or anything. But I look at them and say this could work. You know it might take a couple years, but it's not as dire and as, as awful as I thought it was going to be. If Winry steps back and you know Philly's a weird place and Chip may be a weird guy, but he's he's pretty good football coach, isn't he? He was ten and six for his first two years in the league. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people forget he only, he only had three years in the NFL, and the first two years he was twenty and twelve. Or, or that, I didn't do the math. Yeah, yeah, he was twenty and twelve. And you know where I think he really failed was just as a GM. You know, going right. after Alonzo and Maxwell, and he really—it's—it's it's strange how much because his his running game puts a lot of stress on his guards. You know, more so than most schemes. And he put zero resources into the guard position while he was in Philadelphia. He, he let guys like Harrimans and, and uh, those guys walk and didn't replace them at all. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it goes out and signs DeMarco Murray and uh, Ryan Matthews. I mean, that's a, it's just bad business. I mean, I, I don't know that he's a bad football coach. I thought he was a bad GM. And, you know, maybe California is a little more laid back than uh, Philadelphia, so maybe this is a good spot for him. And, 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 and the media out in California is just going to blame it on Jed York anyways because he deservedly, <laughs> you know, he built, he caused this problem. So maybe, maybe Chip can get some peace and, and work something out in San Francisco. It might take a while. You would know better than I do, but I would think expectations are not high at all this year. You know, if he goes four and twelve, they're not going to be calling for his head. And, and you know, he was ten and six those first two years. Remember who his quarterbacks were? I mean, they were Nick Foles and Sanchez, and I mean, he's never had a quarterback either. Well, he still doesn't, so he's at least he's well, he comfortable doesn't. that way. But he might next year. Who knows? Yeah, next year. All right, hey, we we, run, we ran right through it. I appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for listening to the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>